brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. Pope Innocent III was Pope during the Middle Ages, and he's one we often forget about. In fact, we typically forget about most of the popes from that period in history, unless they were really, truly awful. And Innocent III was not an awful pope by any stretch of the imagination. Today I have for you his address that he gave to the bishops and cardinals upon his elevation to the papacy. And here he says a couple of interesting things. One, that while no one may judge the pope, that the church may judge a pope if he attacks the faith. It's food for thought in our times. He also asks the bishops to pray for him because, well, that he will fulfill his duties. And most of this address is about the duties of the Roman pontiff. Kind of wonder if any of the more recent popes have ever actually read this address, because we need a pope like this, or at least who has this understanding. Let me know what you think of this at the end. On the Consecration of the Supreme Pontiff by Pope Innocent III. Who do you think is the faithful and prudent servant whom the Lord has constituted over his household, that he may give them food in season? The character of the servant who is constituted over the household, and the way in which he should be constituted over it, is clearly proclaimed by truth himself. The servant should be faithful and prudent, to give them food in season, faithful to give them food, and also prudent to give it in season. Also clearly described as the one who makes the constitution, the Lord and the one he, he constitutes, a servant, the kind of person he constitutes, equally faithful and prudent, over what he constitutes him, over the household, why he constitutes him, so that he may give them food, when, in his season. Now, let us weigh every single word, for when the words are from the word, nothing in them is weightless, but all are laden with fruitful meaning. The Lord, then, not just any Lord, but he who has inscribed on his vestment and on his thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords, of whom it is written that the Lord is his name, has through his very self constituted the primacy of the apostolic seat, so that no challenge can oppose its ordinance, just as he has guaranteed, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In fact, since he is both the founder of the church and its foundation, truly the gates of hell cannot prevail against it, because the foundation perseveres immovable. As the Apostle Paul says, the foundation has been laid, no other can be put in its place, which is Christ Jesus. Therefore, although the boat of Peter is often tossed by great waves in the midst of the sea, yet especially when Jesus sleeps in it, It is never submerged, because Jesus commands the wind and the sea, and a great calm ensues, so that men marvel at it and say, What kind of man is this? For the winds and the sea obey him. This is indeed the sublime and unshaken house of which the truth says, The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. Clearly on that one rock of which the apostle says, The rock was Christ. It is clear, then, that the apostolic seat does not fall in adversity, but even flourishes by God's promise, so that it can say with the prophet David, In adversity you made me prosper. It moves forward confident in his promise to the apostles. 
I will be with you all the days, even to the consummation of the world. And, if God is with us, who can be against us? Certainly, since the ordinance is not from man, but from God, or rather, more truly, since this ordinance is from the God, man, in vain labors, the heretic or schismatic, in vain labors the treacherous wolf, who tries to destroy the vineyard, to tear the tunic, to overthrow the candlestick, to extinguish the light. As Gamaliel, the esteemed doctor of the law, once said, If this counsel is of men, it will be refuted. If it is truly from God, you will not be able to refute it or lest perhaps you may be found fighting against God. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man may do to me. For I am that servant whom God constituted over his household, and I pray that I may be faithful and prudent, so that I may give it food in season, entirely a servant, even more, the servant of servants. I pray that I am not one of those whom Scripture says, whoever has committed sin is the slave of sin, and whom it says, you worthless servant, I forgave you all the debt. And again, the servant, knowing the will of his Lord and not doing it, shall be beaten with many blows, but rather one of those to whom the Lord says, When you have done all things well, say that we are useless servants. I acknowledge myself to be a servant and not a Lord. As the Lord says to the apostles, The kings of the nations lorded over their people, and those who have power among them are called benefactors. However, not so with you, for whoever is greater among you will be the servant of all, and he who leads will be a minister. For that reason, I claim for myself a ministry. I do not usurp a dominion. In the example of my first and chief predecessor, who says, not as lording it over those allotted to you, but becoming an example for the flock with all your soul. And also the example of the one who said, they are the servants of Christ. As I say less wisely, I am more of a servant. It is a great honor that I am constituted over the household, but it is a great burden that I am the servant of the whole household. I have a duty to both the wise and the foolish. There are few who can serve even one person competently. How much less can one person competently serve any, everyone? Who is weak, and I am not weak. Who is scandalized, and I do not burn. Besides, those problems which are extraneous, my daily anxiety is my solicitude for all the churches. How many anxieties and sorrows, how many cares and labors I sustain, I can more easily bear than I can utter. I do not wish to dwell on what I bear, for I fear that I may lose the strength to sustain what I carry. Day pours out to day how many labors I sustain, and night makes known to night my duties. My strength is not the strength of stone, nor of, is my flesh, flesh brass. Moreover, even though I may fail through weakness, my capability comes from God who gives to all men abundantly and does not reproach them. For that reason, although the path of man is not his own, I hope nevertheless that my steps are directed to him, who lifted up blessed Peter as he walked on the waves, lest he sink, who turned the crooked roads into straight and changed rough ways into smooth. You have heard the stipulation, now hear the obligation. Because I am a servant, I am obliged to be faithful, and prudence that I may be, get the, give the household food and season. Above all, God requires of me the three duties which are noted in these words, namely faith of heart, prudence in works, and food for the mouth. That is, that I may be faithful in heart, be prudent in my works, and give food for the mouth. For we believe in our hearts, so we can be righteous, and we confess our faith with our mouth, so we can be saved. Abraham believed God, and he was judged to be righteous. Without faith it is impossible to please God, because all that is not from faith is sin. In fact, unless I am grounded in faith, how can I make others firm in faith? It is certain that faith belongs especially to my office. The Lord publicly proclaimed it. I, he said, have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith may not fail. 
and you once being converted must confirm your brothers. He asked, and he received, because he was heard in all things by virtue of his reverence. For that reason, the faith of the apostolic seat has never failed, even during turbulent times, but has remained whole and unharmed, so that the privilege of Peter continues to be unshaken. So necessary is faith for me as Pope that while I have God alone as my judge of my other sins, I can be judged by the church only for any sin committed against the faith. For he who does not believe is already judged. I believe, almost certainly believe, that I may believe as a Catholic, confident that my faith is bound to save me, just as the promise says, your faith has saved you, go and sin no more. But faith without works is dead. Only the faith that works through love is alive, because the just man lives by faith. For those who are just before God are not only hearers of the law, but doers. For if someone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he'll be compared to a man seeing the face he was born with in a mirror. For that reason, faith is not sufficient without prudence, nor is prudence sufficient without faith. It is necessary, then, that it be both faithful and prudent, for it is written, Be as prudent as serpents. Oh, how vital prudence is to me, so that my service may be reasonable, so that may, my left hand may not know what my right hand is doing, so that I can discern between what is leprous and what is clean, between good and evil, between light and darkness, between sacred and profane, lest I call evil good or good evil, lest I think that darkness is light or light is darkness, lest I kill souls that are not dying, or restore life to souls that are not living." Of all the vestments of the high priest, the Logian directly bears on this point, because it was quadrangular and doubled over. Just so the pontiff's understanding, which the Logian pre-signified in place and in name, must make a fourfold discernment between the true and false, lest he deviate in what is to be believed, between good and evil, lest he deviate in what is to be done. He must also make twofold discernment, for himself and for the people, lest if the blind lead the blind, they both fall into the pit. It was quadrangular because of the fourfold understanding of the scriptures that the pontiff must have, historical, allegorical, topographical, and anadrolical. And it was doubled over because of the two testaments, which is detrimental for the pontiff to ignore, because the letter kills, but the spirit gives. It was quadrangular by reason of the New Testament, which is contained in four gospels, and doubled by reason of the old, which is inscribed on the two tablets. How great should be the quintessential prudence which must correspond to every learned authority. Solve complex problems, unlock ambiguities, explain the merits of cases, oversee the disposition of judgments, expound the scriptures, preach to the people, reprove the restless, comfort the weak, confound heretics, strengthen Catholics. Who is he? And we will raise him. The Lord expressly addressed this point. Who do you think is the faithful and prudent servant? Such should he be who is constituted over the household. I have indeed been constituted over the household, inasmuch as the most eminent position is mine, so also must my service be the most eminent. Truly it adds to the great praise of the powerful Lord, that through a lowly servant he works his gracious purpose, so that nothing may be ascribed to human ability, but everything attributed to divine power. Yet who am I, or what is my father's house, that I may be seated more eminently than kings, and may occupy the throne of glory? For to me it is said in the prophet Jeremiah, I have constituted you over nations and kingdoms, that you may root up and destroy, lay waste and scatter, and that you may build and plant. To me also it is said of to the apostle, To you I will give the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and who whatever you bind on earth will be bound also in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed also in heaven. When he spoke to all the apostles, he said in particular, 
Whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven them, and whose you re sins you retain, they are retained. When, on the other hand, he spoke to Peter alone, he said universally, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound also in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed also in heaven. Because Peter can bind the others, but he cannot be bound by others. You, he said, will be called Cephas, which is translated head, because the fullness of the senses exist in the head, while in the other members there is only part of the fullness. This is the way that others are called to a share of responsibility. Yet Peter alone has received the fullness of power. Here now you see who that servant is who has been constituted over the household, clearly the vicar of Jesus Christ, successor of Peter, anointed of the Lord and the God of Pharaoh, constituted mediator between God and mankind. On this side of God, but beyond man, less than God, but greater than man, who judges all cases, but is judged by no one, declaring in the voice of the apostle Paul, he who judges me is the Lord. Nevertheless, let the office of servant humble him, whom it exalts to the summit of sublimity, so that sublimity may be humble and humility may be sublime. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He who humbles himself shall be exalted, and he who exalts himself shall be humbled. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. Wholesome counsel. The greater you are, humble yourself in all things. Also, they have made you their leader. Be not exalted. Be among them as one of them. This is the light placed on the candlestick, that the sheep who are in the house may see. Further, if this light is darkened, how much greater shall the darkness itself be? This is the salt of the earth. Though the salt loses its savor, how shall the earth be salted? It is good for nothing any more but to be thrown out and to be trodden on by men. So, to whom more is entrusted, more is demanded of him. In fact, he has more reason to fear for himself than to glory in, having to render an account to God, not only for himself, but for all who are committed to his care. Moreover, absolutely all who are of the Lord's household have been placed under his care. Clearly the Lord does not distinguish between this or that household, nor is it said in the plural over households, as if there were many. But it is said in the singular over the household, as only the one, so that there shall be one fold and one shepherd. One, he says, is my dove, my perfect one, and one also is the seamless tunic undivided. There was only one ark, and those within it, gathered under one leader, were saved in the cataclysm. Those left outside it all perished in the flood. For this purpose, indeed, as is constituted over the household, that he may give them food in season. The Lord Jesus Christ continued the primacy of Peter before the Passion, during the Passion, and after the Passion. Before the Passion, when he said, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound also in heaven. And whatever you loose over the earth will be loosed also in heaven. During the Passion, when he said, Simon, Satan has desired you that he may sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and you, once converted, confirm your brothers. And after the Passion, when he commanded three times, If you love me, feed my sheep. In the first is expressed the sublimity of the power, in the second the constancy of the faith, in the third the pasturing of the flock. These duties are very clearly shown in regard to Peter in our text, constancy of faith when it is said, He is constituted over the household, pasturing the flock when it is said, that they may give them food. He is duty-bound to give the food of example, the word and sacrament, as if he is saying, Feed them by the example of your life, by the word of your teaching, by the sacrament of the Eucharist, by the example of your action, by the word of your preaching, by the sacrament of communion. Truth says of the first, My food is to do the will of him who sent me. Scripture says of the second, She fed him with the bread of life and understanding, and gave him the water of wholesome wisdom to drink. 
The Lord says of the third, My flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. I am duty-bound to give the food of example to the household, so that my light might shine before men, and those seeing my good works may glorify the Father who is in heaven. For no one lights a candle and puts it under a basket, but on a candlestick, so that it may shine on all who are in the house. As the Lord says elsewhere, Let your loins be girt and lamps burning in your hands. Let one curtain draw another, and let whoever hears this say, If the priest who is anointed sins, he makes the people guilty. For the greater the offender, the more conspicuous is every vice of his heart. But I am also duty bound to give the food of the word to the household, so that by distributing the talent I have received, I may multiply it, so that it may accomplish the work of an evangelist. For according to the word of the Apostle Paul, God did not send me to baptize, but to evangelize, so that the whelps may eat the crumbs fallen from their master's tables, because not by bread alone does man live, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Lest perhaps because of me, or rather more truly against me, it can be said, the little ones begged for bread, and there was no one who could break it for them. I am also duty-bound to give the food of the sacrament to the household, so that they may receive life in it and escape death. As he himself says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. For unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you shall not have life in you. I am duty-bound to give this threefold food, but in season, since according to the proverb of Solomon, every good thing in it is in season. First I must give the food of example, then the food of the word so that I may give the food of the sacrament worthily, because Jesus began to do and to teach, leaving us an example that we may follow his footsteps. He did not commit sin, nor was he deceit found in his mouth. For he who does and teaches shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For that reason, pomegranates hung with golden bells from the tunic of the high priest. Lest entering without them, he die. For if I teach and do not act, as it may brightly be said to me, physician, heal thyself. And hypocrite, first cast the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou may remove the mote from thine brother's eye. You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who preach against committing adultery, do you commit adultery? God said to the sinner, Why do you expound my laws and usurp my covenant by your words? Certainly if one's life is despised, it falls that his preaching is held in contempt. I became all things to all men, says the apostle, that I might win everyone. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep, so that our service may be rational. Wisdom we speak among the perfect. Among you, however, I judge myself to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Thus I gave you milk to drink, as little ones in Christ, not food. For solid food is for the perfect. Consequently, let a man prove himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup, since he who eats unworthily eats judgment to himself, not discerning the body of the Lord. Behold, brothers and sons, I have placed before you the food of the word from the table of sacred scripture for you to eat, expecting from you this recompense, asking this exchange in return, that you may raise pure hands to the Lord without contention, and that having faith in your prayer you may ask Jesus Christ our Lord, who is over all things God, blessed forever, to make me worthy to fulfill this duty of apostolic servanthood, who is insupportable by my weak shoulders to the glory of his name, for the salvation of my soul for the strengthening of the universal church, and for the benefit of all Christian people. Amen. And there you have Pope Innocent III, upon his elevation to the papacy, declaring that he can be judged for attacking and destroying the faith, and that the, and asking his brothers in the episcopate 
well, former brothers, now his sons, in the episcopate, to hold him accountable and to pray for his good ministry. Food for thought in these times, isn't it? We don't hear things like this from popes anymore. And while there really is no mechanism to by which to do this, there's enough there from a pope that it should get the conversation started among the bishops. Not that they'll, not that they'll see this. <laughs> Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.